It's just about that time of the week. Time for the Weekly Weebs Podcast. Grab your friends, family, waifus, and husbandos, and join your favorite weebs for an exciting show of anime talk. Hosts Crimson, Frenchie, Wikwiki, and Zario Machini will review and suggest shows, talk about news from the industry, and tackle some of the biggest arguments in the world of anime. It's the Weekly Weebs Podcast, starting now. Well, slap my nuts and tickle my anus. We're back. To- <laughs> we're back. To- we're back together for another weekly weeds episode where we're all shirtless. This is crazy. It's a fun time. Uh, I got an anime news fact for you guys. Okay, let me tell you. Very fun. Uh, yeah, very smooth transition. Uh, there is a collab that's coming up between uh, Naruto and Air Jordan. Uh, look it up. If you want some Air Jordans in Naruto merch, I guess. Probably going to be expensive. I can't afford it. I'm a broke bitch. Uh, so subscribe to my OnlyFans if you want to see my nuts slapped and anus tickled. Uh, anyways, to the left of me. Um, just real quick with that. I mentioned it before when we were still off air. But uh, if anyone is a sports fan, uh, Zion Williamson actually posted about uh, the collab. And uh, in fact, he got a uh, one-of-a-kind drawing made by the uh, creator of Naruto. Of him as a Naruto character. I saw it goes. And it's fucking cool as shit. So go look it up on his Instagram page. This is Frenchie, by the way. And I got some really kind of shit news. I tried to like lighten the mood up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, for you Rising the Shield Hero fans, <laughs> Billy Kamitz. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. The voice of Naofumi Iwatani. And also the voice of Josuke in JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. As well as dozens of other great characters. Um, came out on YouTube yesterday and said he has actually been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. So we are hoping for the best, saying a couple extra prayers here and there for him. Sending positive vibes. Yeah. Um, He's stepping away from all current and future roles for the time being. Uh, So we don't know exactly what that'll mean for the dub of uh, Rising the Shield Hero when it comes out. But just hoping for the best for him. Not just obviously as a fan, but as a person as well. He's done a lot of really cool things for charity. And from what I've seen in interviews, this is a really cool guy. So hoping for a speedy recovery for him. Facts. Honestly, I wouldn't even care if they canceled the show just to keep him on. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't know if I want them to recast. I, I don't want them to. He's perfect. He's perfect. And then we got a guest joining us. Ah, yes, you were expecting Crimson, but it's his eye, Grey Hollow. Yes. Facts. We Hello. traded in one color for another. <laughs> we went from red to gray. <laughs> we don't discriminate here. We improved. We've improved. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking burn. No comment. No comment. Um, yes, it Just is I, Grey size. Hollow. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, it is I, Grey Hollow. I'm back again for the third time, and I have 100% more weeb, 50% less clothes. <laughs> and it's a grand old time, and I'm going to be filling in with some news of my own. Black Clover, the manga, is apparently going to be going on a three-month hiatus, starting off with the Shonen Jump number 23 release. But... Um, when the hiatus is done, the mangaka, the mangaka themselves has indicated that they are going to be starting the final arc of Black Clover. Oh shit, that's going to make a lot of people sad. Yeah. Now how long that's going to go, obviously nobody's really sure, but, 
Um, we wish the best. We wish as much recovery as possible for the mangaka um, as they prepare to get ready for the ending of one of the biggest Shonen Jump shows um, and mangas in fairly recent memory. Dude, um, I'm super excited. You know what's really stupid? When we went to Planet Comic Con, there was I only saw three vendors that sold anything Black Clover related. I did come across a couple others, but you had said that you were done spending money, so I didn't let you know. So I, you saw that pillow one. I saw the 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 pastel painter, and then one other one. Uh, there were I think two other ones that I saw. Still on Sunday. five out of hundreds of vendors. Yeah, of like a thousand vendors. Very poor rate for a very popular show. And to my left, and far, far away, in a distant land, somewhere, but across the internet, we have... He's in the Shadow Realm. He is in the Shadow Realm. Damn it, What's damn. up, guys? It's Stereo Machini. I'm in a place that's a lot like the Shadow Realm. I'm in a place, uh, I'm in a dimension where it rains Skittles, but they're all green Skittles, and you can't tell if they're lime or a sour apple until you eat them. So it's like... You know, at least you get Skittles, but, eh. Plot twist, every eh. one in 100 is pistachio flavored. I'd fuck with that. <laughs> what an oddly Awful. specific hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so my news for this week is uh, there's a new manga coming out based on, or there's a new anime coming out based on the manga uh, called The Legendary Hero is Dead. Mm. I saw about this. Yeah, the uh, it, it's about some guy named Toka who's like a farmer, and he dreams about being a hero, and then one day he accidentally uh, kills the hero and <laughs> buries his body to hide the evidence, and then he wakes up in a different body uh, and goes on an adventure of his own. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a topic later a, about uh, killing a hero, which would be yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. Sounds pretty interesting. So, uh, I'll de- I think I'll definitely check it out. It doesn't have a specific date yet, but it's aiming for uh, 2023. Uh, there are, like, promotional images uh, and, like, a video for it. Like a promotional video, not quite a trailer, though. Respect. Interesting. Totally yeah. random tangent. Does anybody feel like any year is this 2020 anything just feels like it shouldn't exist? Yes. Because this, like, yeah. every time I hear 2022 <laughs> or 2023, I'm like, those aren't real. Those aren't real years. <laughs> Honestly, I completely yeah. forget that the 90s ever existed sometimes. I keep forgetting that, like, 2016 is six years ago. Bro. Shut the fuck up. Bro. We graduated eight years ago. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Serio graduated ten years ago. Holy shit. Yep. Yep, it's true. It's true. What's it like being old? Sucks. <laughs> uh, painful. Hey. It hurts. But, Don't worry. I'm rapidly approaching. Hey, but we're moving on. We're moving up in this world, right? Slowly but surely, people be listening to us. Outside, that's true. people that we don't even know. So we're making progress. Fuck yeah! I did. True. I did hear about the yeah. wacky and wonderful adventures of the uh, Weekly Weebs podcast when they went to their con. Recently. It was great. Going to Comic Con was so much fucking fun. Filmed a lot of content for my OnlyFans. Fuck yeah! yeah. It's all me. 
playing with my belly button. When are we gonna When are we gonna update our OnlyFans? Uh, oh fuck, I forgot we did that, didn't we? We haven't posted anything yet. Yeah, we? like like I, I I keep trying to get a hold of you and you just kind of ignore them me. Hollow Heart Productions. Yeah, you kind of ignore me, and then every once in a while you just like send me a picture of your dick, and like that'll be enough, right? And I'm like, we gotta be His doing. Phone we got that good a zoom. We gotta be producing content at least every other right. day, man. Fuck. Like a dick pic a week's not gonna do it. Honestly, I've been kind of busy. Uh, I've had like you know things. I. You're too busy to take butthole pictures. Come on, man. I was baking muffins the other day, and baking pancakes. That can be content. Baking oh, muffins. You got to be showing the people your muffin, bro. Come on. Just bake it, <laughs> bake it naked. <laughs> a, a tiny apron around your cock. <laughs> that would have to be a very tiny apron. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, while we're talking about things that are special to us. <laughs> What a transition! Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's great. He's right. <laughs> My little cock is very, very special to me. Uh, it's special to all of us, truly. Thank you. Okay, so also random tangent. <laughs> I thought about this years ago, but in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, where Ed is trying to get Alphonse back, literally right at the beginning, yeah. right after they tried to bring their mom back, take his entire speech. But think about he's talking about his penis. Instead of little brother, it's just my little friend, give him back. Take my arm, take my leg, take my life, take whatever. Just bring my penis back. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know why I thought of that a long time ago. Here we have this beautifully, beautifully emotional scene starting off one of the greatest animes ever made. And then penis. And the thought you have is... But what if it was penis? <laughs> well, we have this beautiful podcast where we get to talk about some of our favorite things, emotional things, and 90% of our jokes are, ha, dick. <laughs> dick and balls. Peen, if you I can't know. remember what it was talking about. I think it was Zario saying, you know, what was it? You told me that one of your coworkers listened to it or something? Wait, what? Didn't you tell me one of your coworkers listened to our podcast? And he said we always act yeah. super gay with each other. Yeah. It is what it is. Okay, but let's be I talk real. about our chaotic gay energy a lot. Let's be real, alright? That is that is, a, that is a guy thing. If you can't be gay with the homies, they're not really the homies. Facts. Alright? That's just it's that's true. just facts. Sadder gay is for the boys. Sadder gay is for the boys. What'd you say, Zerio? Women are gay with each other all the time and nobody bats an eye. Yeah, why can't a homie just make out with a homie out of pure homie love? You know, all these women yeah. out here, being gay as yeah. hell and nobody bats an eye. But you suck one dick and everybody loses their minds. <laughs> we live in a society. We live in a society. <laughs> Alright, so I know we've had all kinds of comedy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Comedy. Yeah, no, we were... Cockety. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, my episodes are very chaotic. It's just how it is. It's just the nature of the beast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But we're talking about some very serious stuff today. Alright? Probably won't end up serious, but that was the goal. To get to know each other. You know? Dive deep into our emotions. Okay? And shows that have impacted them. Okay. 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 Now, if I start crying in front of you, just know it wasn't because of what I'm talking about. It's because I'm allergic to cats and I live with one. I do too. I got three. Yeah, I'm not allergic to cats. Wife. That was a lie. 
By the time name today, trash. Don't get any bad ideas. I right. thought it was a pussy joke or something. No one could <laughs> No, I can't hear someone be divorced. <laughs> Everybody say hello to Frenchly. Frenchy, the recently single member of the Weekly League. What were you saying, Zero? Uh, for some reason, when you were saying all those okays, I pictured you with like a Robert De Niro face. Okay. 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 I don't even know how to do his face. Good actor, though. It's just kind of, uh, okay. I don't know, saggy. <laughs> okay. That's the word. Is it because he's old? You I mean, he's like 80. Well, he's getting up there. Motherfucker. He's still he's still an OG though. He's still he's still a fucking dirty gangster. grandpa. Oh That's my god. such a good movie. I just like that he's just like I don't fucking care anymore. I'll start or whatever. All right, he doesn't give Dude, a shit. I'm super jealous that he got a hookup with Aubrey Plaza. That's all I'm saying. She's a fine motherfucker. My one celebrity crush. Fair enough. Okay. Robert De Niro is your celebrity crush. He's my male celebrity crush. Yes. Mine's Neil Patrick Harris. Respect. Jason Moore. Yeah. Jensen Ackles. Respect. Yeah. Alright, the topic for today, y'all. We're finally getting to it, maybe. We might be getting to it. Who knows? <laughs> topic is anime. That has inspired you or is currently inspiring more than past anime that have inspired you. Is that confusing? Probably. Do I care? Not really, because I get confused all the time. Just live with it. Just live with it. Just live with it. It's Deal like, with it. Yeah, just go suffer with it. Suffer if you must. Yeah, suffer. <laughs> Live with the me that lives with you. Bask in it. Bask <laughs> with the ambience. Yeah. It's that chaotic energy. Yeah. That's what we were talking about, guys. It yeah. is what it is. I don't know who's starting off. I know Frenchie's not going to start it off because I don't oh, think he's decided no. I, yet. I'm probably going to have to go last. It's you, really going to be a coin flip. So I know people probably would be expecting me to pick my number one favorite anime. Gurren Lagann, right? Or Gurren Lagann. However the fuck you want to say it. I still don't know how to say it to this day. I probably never will understand how to say it. I've always said Gurren Lagann, but, I, but I'm usually consistently incorrect about my pronunciation. I always things. call it Gurren Lagann, but I've also heard Gurren Lagann from other people besides him, but I've also heard Gurren Lagann. It's so confusing. They say it different in the show sometimes, too. Can we all but, agree that uh, it's not Gurren Lagann? Yeah. I think we can. I think yeah, we can so GL. I'm just going to go with GL. Number one favorite. Bro, Definitely bro. has impacted me. To this day, I thought that GL was going to stay my favorite anime forever. But, but, mm-hmm. the way One Piece is tracking, GL might become number two. Ooh. Because as an adult, me not even finishing One Piece... One Piece has impacted me so fucking much in my adult stages of life when it comes to, like, just, like, all the aspects of, like, overcoming sadness, courage, like, basically just perseverance, like, all those things that keep you going throughout the day, right, friendships, loyalty, all that. It's all in that. It's all in that fucking show. When it comes to Luffy... With every single one of his crew members or his crew members with each other. It's insane. And it's just going to keep growing and getting better. Like, well, like the we don't talk about what happened in Thriller Bark because nothing happened. Nothing happened in Thriller Bark. But that fucking... 
that nothing that happened that nothing really that happened. happened. Yeah, really I haven't happened. Even seen it and I know about the nothing that happened. Oh yeah, that nothing really happened. <laughs> you can't tell me like that's like that's the kind of man I want to be. You know, there is. I, I'm only about halfway through One Piece right now. Um, much 15%. To the, much to the dismay of my co-hosts on our podcast, because they keep yelling at me to finish it so we can talk about it on, on the podcast. I'm going to finish it before you. You probably will at this point. I've got so much shit I'm watching, you probably will. But even in the small amount of time that I've seen it, I would not necessarily say it has influenced me enough to talk about it, but like... You know, when you talk about the nothing that happened to Thriller Bark, my my thing I always think about is, um, uh, like, Water 7 is currently my favorite arc. Dude, so Water good. 7 is so fucking good. And I always think about, you know, that scene where Robin's on the balcony and all the Straw Hat pirates are basically across from her. And she's just like, you gotta just let me go, guys. You gotta let me go. I don't want to live here anymore. You gotta let me go. And Luffy's like, you're a fucking liar and you're gonna tell me that you're a liar because i know no, you it, are and you can just say if you want to die you can just come with us and die with us yeah just die with us like what the fuck yeah like don't die over there that sounds like you want to die we're going on a suicide mission yeah, just come dude, with us he tells fucking uh, the sniper king to fucking shoot the world government flag yeah to basically declare war against the entire world government and just one small pirate crew because he cares about his fucking his family quote-unquote more than anything else Right? Like, fuck that. Boom, tell me you want to fucking live. That, enti- that entire scene is just the, like, her just fucking screaming, like, I want to live, like, through tears. And he's immediately just like, fucking Soga King, shoot the flag. And one of my favorite things about that is whoever this mysterious Soga King is, um, he could possibly be a coward. He seems like he has kind of coward-esque yes. energy. And yet, in that moment, motherfucker didn't even flinch. He's like, you want to start war? Bet. (laughs) And it's just... Yes. That scene just hits so hard. So I get it. I definitely get it. I've only gotten through... I'm literally still at episode 150. Because I took a break, and I just haven't been able to get back to it yet. I've got like two things in front of it. I took a break a year ago, and I haven't haven't touched it since. For me, it's only like two months. Okay. But it was also because I got to Alabasta Kingdom. Vivi is my favorite character. In One Piece. I fucking love Vivi. She is adorable. We must protect. Fed. And then, when she decides to stay, I cried. And then it was just like a drop-off for me. Not because like I, I know that other shit's going to happen that's going to make me love One Piece even more. It's just because you really wanted Vivi to go. Just Alabasta think- Kingdom is one of my favorite anime arcs ever. It's a and, good one. And I know the sub... I've listened to sub and dub. I love both. But I watched Alabaster Kingdom dub, partially to get through it faster for me, because then I can watch it more doing other things as well. Yeah. John Swayze as Crocodile. Oh my god. <laughs> and we I finished that arc like right around that arc, right when we interviewed him for Nerdvember last year. And I was just holy fuck. You just you you were just like trying your best not to fucking kiss the ground he walks on oh as he God. as he Croc- showed up. No, he's a crocodile. He's fucking like uh, Lord Death in Soul Eater. He's fucking uh, Gendo Ikari in Neon Genesis. He is Von Hohenheim in Full Monaco's Brotherhood. Oh, he's Dodoria in Dragon Ball Z. Um, there's so many fucking there's so many great ones that he's played over the years. I know there's ones I'm missing too. I just can't think of them right now. Yeah. But 
Crocodile might be my favorite character that he's played. Crocodile is so fucking well written to... Oh my god. He's really cool. <laughs> he's not the generic like anime villain of, I'm gonna do this and then you know, the hero's gonna come and save... No, he is literally poisoning people and has like a 12-step plan that's all working and then Luffy figures out he can punch him with blood. Also, Alabasta, the conclusion of Alabasta Kingdom has my favorite moment in One Piece. And it's, I'm going to put this on our TikTok, and it's, there's a trending video out there. What's a random, non-important scene of One Piece that lives rent-free in your head? Mm-hmm. And it's literally Luffy recovering after the fight. They bring a bunch of food, and he's like, thanks. And then it just cuts. <laughs> it's just that, that scene I was dying at. And I need to post it because it's so fucking funny. I'm yeah. so glad you're liking One Piece, dude. It makes me so happy that another one of my friends likes it. Oh, I want to get back into it so bad, dude. but I need to finish 86. I need to finish 86. True. Demon Slayer oh. Season 2 and Fire Force Season 2 before. Oh my god, god. now you're just reminding me of shit I need to watch. Also, Bond Clay is also the friend that I want to be. Right? Fucking. Ha, oh, dude. You don't know. The unabashedly gay support friend. Yeah, which... Is he the one that has all the flamingo shit? Yeah, yeah that's he's Bonclay. cool shit, right? He's, he's fucking cool, dude. When he was sitting there supporting Luffy during that fucking thing that was going on, I try to want to talk about this as spoil-free as possible because I want him to experience it like I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do know some of the big stuff that's going to happen. Uh, it's kind of a minor thing. Okay, so Luffy, they go to Impel Down to go rescue Ace... Before he goes to his execution, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately, they don't get it done. But throughout oh, the entire thing... Yeah, because thing, Ace ends up as a fucking donut hole. Yeah, because well, he, tra- he gets transported somewhere else. And they were in the prison, and they weren't into Bon Clay there. <laughs> I made him sad. And they were fighting the prison thing. Hello. And the, the prison uh, overseer, the prison... What's it called? Prison captain. I'm just going to call it that. I don't fucking warden. know. Prison warden. Has a poison devil fruit and poisons Luffy to the point where he's about to die. Like, he will die. And Bon Clay came to this prison and was also looking for Ivanka, <coughs> the miracle worker. And then <coughs> Luffy got helped by uh, Bon Clay, somehow found them, uh, Ivankov. Well, Ivankov found them. And Luffy, instead of telling him to get healed, he told them to heal uh, Bon Clay first. And then that was it. Didn't, Luffy didn't tell him to heal him at all. Every time I hear about Bon Clay, I just think he's a more grown-up version of... Is it Mr. Three? No. They're not the same. I know. Mr. Three's a bitch. Mr. Three is a bitch. Yeah, but he also... <laughs> he and his crew sacrificed themselves so Luffy and the crew can get away. Not Mr. Three. Which is the one that had the fucking swan? That's Bon, bon Clay. Clay. He comes back?! Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Bon Clay's so, the shit, dude. And then, so in order to get Luffy from stop from dying, Ivankov have to accelerate his healing hormones and stuff like that, but decrease his life by like, what, 10 years? Something like that. Something like that. And it was going to take a span of three days. And Bon Clay was like, a whole bunch of shit happened. Not going to leave Straw Hat's side. Decides to stand by this door and fucking scream at the top of his lungs. I can't remember what exactly he said. He's like, live Straw Hat. Or, like, keep pushing on, something along that lines. And just kept doing that. Doesn't he get a really good glow-up from 
the prior to Alabasta mm-hmm. too when he comes back? If he does, I don't remember it. No, <laughs> it's been a minute. So Alabasta happened, and you don't see him at all till this arc. Yeah, I'm saying doesn't he get a glow up? Like he looks so much better. I, no, I think he looks relatively. He looks the same. relatively the same. He's relatively the same, but he gets like his attitude and his personality shines a lot more because you get to see him more as a character. Yeah, and he's just such a good fucking friend. And uh, that's another reason why I like it. One like that also hit home for me because like, dude, this man is like I, I apologize for not being there when you needed me when he was fighting the the warden, but I'm gonna make it up to you and fucking make sure you live, dude. Yeah. And then support you through your entire thing until basically like he was so fucking weak, didn't care, still stood back up. Yeah. Lost his voice. Coughing blood. Doesn't give a fuck. So oh. much inspirational. There's some... All the characters in the Straw Hat crew and the friends that he's meet are super inspirational characters, I feel like, with incredible backstories. And every character in that show you can take something away from and learn from. It is not very often you get a show that is as... And I, I, I can't necessarily say because I'm missing half of One Piece, basically. But even from what I've seen... To go that long, and to have that many different characters, and to still kind of be able to keep it all together, like, Oda is crazy, dude. And still <laughs> churning on... out, like, top-tier stuff. Like, it's getting better. Oda Oda is on his bullshit, dude. This He's been on his bullshit for 20-plus years. His work, and will not stop till it's completed. Yep. Can't stop, won't stop. Man is on the biggest grind. <laughs> Facts. That's the way you gotta do it. Exactly. And I... It's something, too, that, like, everyone's always talking... And I was the same way. Uh, You look at the length. But holy shit. Holy shit. There's so many layers to this damn show. I watched 150 episodes. I have over 850 left. And I'm excited about it. Hell yes. I... My biggest, like, One Piece binge was my family was off in Mexico, and so I was having to stay there and watch the dogs. And I was like, you know what? Every day, I'm going to get up, I'm going to sit my ass in the living room, and unless it is for food, going to the bathroom, or taking the dogs out, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to watch One Piece. Hell yeah. I finished about 200-some episodes in the span of a month. I Just really would. Binge because I was also, this was the, in the middle of COVID, like, COVID had just started, mm. so your boy was unemployed as fuck, so we had the time. <laughs> See, that's how it was. I was working from home, and it was working part-time, and I watched 40 different anime shows, probably, during that time period. Yeah. But I look back, and I was like, man, I really should have grinded out the rest of Naruto, because I had over 300 episodes left. Yeah. I could have grinded that out so quickly back then, and then I finally started watching again. While also having to do the fucking assignments every week yeah. and shit. And then then I get to One Piece and I'm like, God, I wish I would have started this a year and a half earlier. <laughs> right? At that point, you weren't even big into One Piece yet. I know, but like, still, like, when you start watching, like, fuck, I should have started this a while ago. And I also thought, like, oh, maybe I should get into Bleach so I can get caught up before the Thousand Year War arc. And now I'm just like... But One Piece is better. <laughs> You're not wrong. 
Now, Bleach's fights are better. I feel like with, like, a lot of this, like, I feel like... But One Piece is everything else is better. Yeah, like, One Piece does have some good fights, but, like, in terms of fight quality, pretty much a lot of the other shows, like, Bleach, Dragon Ball, fucking... I think Naruto. One Piece's fights aren't necessarily the most flashy or anything yeah. like that. But the the big thing with One Piece is that all of its fights, or at least all the ones I've seen, have some sort of meaning to it. Yeah. Like, whenever I think of an impactful fight in One Piece, I always go to, again, Water 7 is my favorite, so I always go to Luffy versus <coughs> uh, Rob Lucci in the end. Rob Lucci's a fucking bad movie. Yeah, and that, that shit, both figuratively and literally, hit different. <laughs> that was like, yo, this is Bonkers. I imagine your assignment's long this week because now I really always want to watch one. <laughs> the good yeah, part listen, is I already started. All you have to do is watch 17 minutes of each episode of One Piece because the first five minutes are recap. Yeah. And then you don't have to watch the outro. Oh, don't worry. I'm. I'm gonna start grinding again. He's gonna, he gonna streamline this process. And get there as quick as possible. I hit my 150 mark for number of anime watched, so now I'm at the point. It's like. Cool, I don't gotta grind out some new ones yet for a while. There you go. Plus, pretty much, I think every single anime we've watched this new season, I have not seen before. Which is really nice. Okay. And there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. One Piece, and it's not even just, like, on, it's kind of what we go back to last week when we were talking about, you know, what anime would we eliminate. One Piece won pretty much every time because of its cultural impact, too. One Piece... (laughs) is a cult following. And the funny part, too, is that the more people that talk shit about it, the more iconic it becomes. I feel like the only the only people that shit talk One Piece are the people that haven't seen it yet. I feel the like only people who don't like Krabby Patties have never had one! I feel like if you want to get into One Piece and you don't want to sit through and watch the anime, because they do, they do drag shit out like 30-second stare-downs, like... Oh, I was I. You know, my my co-host told me like just start reading the manga. It's just gonna go way faster. The pacing's yeah. better. Just like, do it. <laughs> you can get through the manga so fucking fast. Like I can read one one volume of any manga in like under an hour. Yeah. And you got and each like chapter I think is like what three episodes. Yeah, two to three usually. Two to three usually. So like, it just fucking goes. Yeah, I mean I read. Probably 20 pages of your manga literally just sitting there in like three minutes. Yeah. It might take you longer if you want to appreciate the artwork and stuff. Mm. But I always explain to people, right? Manga, actual books, right? Manga has more words than actual books. Because one, they have the words in the caption bubbles, but also a picture's worth a thousand words. And every manga book has a shit ton of pictures. So each one of those pictures... Is a thousand words. This just sounds like the words of somebody who doesn't want to admit they like looking at the pretty pictures more. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody that shits on me for reading manga, I read more words than you do. Manga. A book even Wickhart can understand. <laughs> you know, sometimes I can't read good. One Piece is a good choice. There's a lot to talk about there. Yeah, it was a lot to talk about there. And none of us have finished it, so, like, there's going to be even more to talk about. Dude, I'm going to become one of those annoying people that talk about One Piece all the time, mainly because it's probably going to become my number one favorite anime. You should get the tattoo here of the X. I want to get it. I found a design that it's Luffy holding the X up, 
and I really want to get it done as part of my leg sleeve. Yeah, that's so. that'd be pretty fucking cool. I want to get a bunch of symbols from One Piece tattooed on my knuckles. <laughs> you want a piece of my knuckle sandwich? Just one. Anyways, <laughs> who wants to go next? <laughs> who does want to go next? We're we're kind of we're kind of all out of whack with the uh, with the order here. Gray, you go. You want me to go? You go. You sure you don't want to go, Frenchie? I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> I figured. I'm I gonna know. mention both of them, but I've got to talk about one, but I can't fucking decide. Well, then sit there and you gotta decide, homie. You gotta decide. Um. Now. For my choice... Do I know what it is? You do not know what it is. It's not fairy tale! See, that's the thing. Anybody... <coughs> I, I've been here three times so far, including now. And anybody who has listened to me knows that I'm a very big fan of fairy tale. Now, it's the anime that got me into anime. And I will never deny that its cultural impact on me getting into this world um, is, like, is not to be understated. Like it, fairy tale got me into anime, and it got me to where I'm at. So definitely, it is a life changing anime. But whenever I think about an anime that's kind of life changing, I almost think about it in sense of an anime that changed the definition of anime to me. Boku no Pico. No. Bible <laughs> Black. Also no. Kissing sis. Please stop. <laughs> Monster Musume. High School DxD is unironically a, a fucking a watch that I don't like to admit I actually enjoy watching. It's and food not, Wars. Not even for the titties. Food Wars is just good. Food Wars is do like for anybody who's not watched Food Wars, take this as a word of warning. Do not watch Food Wars while you're hungry. Facts. That is that is legitimately dangerous to both your health, your wallet, everything. It is dangerous to do that when your you're dick. hungry. Your dick, definitely your dick. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that I'm gonna tenderize my meat in multiple ways. <laughs> beating on a steak. Oh, also, quick, my boss, Josh, started listening to our podcast. Oh god. <laughs> But he started from the very beginning on episode one. Yeah. I showed him my business card and showed it to Jimmy too. And they scanned the QR code and he started listening to it that day. Yeah. So Google, I like the intro. I was like, yeah, sweet. And then we parted ways and he texted me like four hours later. He's like, dude, your podcast is fucking hilarious. Well, when you get to it, hey, Josh, how yeah, right? you doing? Up, Josh? I'm part of this bullshit too. <laughs> and he said that when he st- we started going about what episodes deserved a second season, and when Overlord got brought up, he about yelled, Yes! In the cooler when he was with Pedro. But he stopped himself. He really likes it. He said, because the time was like warning, it might be a little unorganized when we first started. So it wasn't like. We're still fucking. As, as if it's organized now. Like it's more bit, organized. It's more organized. It's not about as bad. But he's like, Yeah, and you guys go off on so many tangents. He's like, Yeah, but this one makes it kind of funny, though, sometimes. That's yeah. what I try to say. Tangents are a beautiful thing exactly. in podcast form. Like tangents are yeah. the thing that I enjoy the most. Like we got we got one new listener. Yeah. Thanks, Josh, for listening. Appreciate it. Fuck uh, yeah. Hopefully you'll be on before you listen to this. Anyways. Ooh, that'd be really good. I'd that'd love that. I'd love that. Um But for me, the show that I ended up changing 
or ended up choosing. Because it was originally Fairytale. No, it wasn't Fairytale. I'm just fucking with you. No, the moment the moment we came up with this topic, that anime, this anime popped into my head, and I wrote it down immediately. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, baby. Congratulations. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, baby. Come on. Now, Alphonse, bro. Now I have a decent list of things as to why Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood changed what anime was for me as somebody who had just started watching it. Because, like, I think... I think Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, like, I think it was in, like, one of the first five or ten anime that I'd ever seen. Ever. And that was because my brother and uh, um, co-host Kai Fester uh, was obsessed with it. Obsessed with it. He's like, you gotta watch this. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. And I'm like, alright. Fine. I'll watch it. I believe you. I'll watch it. Kai Fester is cool as fuck. Well, Kai Fester is pretty cool. Don't let him. I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I don't need him to hear him. I don't need him to hear me complimenting him. Fuck you, Kai Fester. <laughs> but also, you're pretty cool. You're pretty cool, but also fuck you if you're listening to this. Um, but and so I watched it. I binged it. I went hard in the paint with this show, and. Nothing, whenever I think about anime that have changed me, like, in the, in the context of this topic, I think about the exact moment when I finished Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I remember I was just, like, I was so hype. I was, like, pacing around in my room, like, standing, like, standing, pacing around in my room, just watching the final episode, and that last scene hit, and the credits rolled, and I just plopped down on my love seat in my bedroom and I sat there for like 10 minutes and I was like I I literally asked myself out loud what the fuck am I gonna do now (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna be me when I finish One Piece it's like bro I just witnessed perfection what the fuck am I going to do now you won't be able to stand when you finish One Piece you're gonna be 80 oh they finally finished this beautiful show he said he's gonna finish it within the next 5 years Mm. Then One Piece Shippuden. <laughs> it's just twice as long. Um, <laughs> but... Two Piece. Yeah. Like, one of the first, like, I guess kind of reasons is, like, FMAB, it, it showed me that anime can get, like, really real. Like, like real real. Because, like I said, my first one, my first real one was, like, fairy tale. You know? And of course, you grow up as a kid in the early 2000s. You, you've seen your episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! And Naruto and stuff like that. And like, Dragon Ball Z and everything. And they're, they're good. They are very good. But they are also quintessentially anime. You know, they're genre. They, are, they are define the genre that is anime. And a lot of like, these stereotypes that come, with the, that come with the genre of anime come from these shows. But Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood showed me that anime isn't just a thing. It isn't just a medium in which you can watch really buff animated dudes beat the shit out of each other and fire lasers and shit. And play children's card games. And play children's card games. Pot of greed! (laughs) It's not just about the anime titties. Yeah, it's not just about anime titties. It's not just about anime titties. Like... But mostly about anime 
titties. Uh, Fullmetal Full Alchemist Brotherhood had barely any anime titties in it, honestly. Which Win Winry got some nice anime titties. Though. Well, yeah, but it's that one scene, and that's the reason we all hold that one scene very, very tightly in our minds, is because it's the only thing we got from the show. Um, but, like, I'm going to say one name, and you probably know who it is. I that shit changed my perception. This motherfucking Shao Tucker. Yeah. Shao Tucker. Episode... The dad of dads, bro. The best dad on the planet. Episodes three and four of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood put me on my knees, essentially. I'm like, what the... What the fuck? Why would you do that? And it's just like... Just the, the... Just raw emotion that I just hadn't seen... From that kind of... Like, you don't see that kind of atrocity happen in a show like that. So, that... At least I never had. Episode always kills me. Not the saddest moment in the show for me, though. It is the quote, Why are they putting dirt on Daddy? Oh, my Daddy God! Daddy can't go to work if they put all that dirt on him. Bro, Maze Hughes is, like, the father... I had my father. That's but like dad. He's, But he's best dad. Maze Hughes is best dad. And he they is everything that. that Shao Tucker is not. Yeah, they knew that, and that's why they killed him. To hurt exactly. us. Exactly. They had to hurt us. Yeah, they had to hurt us. It, like, moments like that, you know? Um, fucking... When Mustang finds... Uh... When Mustang finds lust and also, like, envy of the same, you know, like, yeah. in, the, in that same breath, and it's always the same reaction of just this, this rage, this literally burning hot anger, and he just goes ape shit. Um, Winry, when she was about to, like, shoot Scar, uh, and, like, try to take a life, and Ed, like, calmly tries to take the gun from her, and she just, like, collapses in his arms, um... Every single conversation between Hohenheim and the dwarf and the flask. <laughs> the genocide of Ishvala? Like, what show do you know that properly represents what it's like uh, when a fucking, like, militarized government starts being, starts being real, real racist? <laughs> I kind of want to sit down and watch this with my dad again. Like, we watch it again, but watch it with him. Yeah. I think I've watched through it four times. I haven't watched through it in a minute, and I feel like I'm almost betraying it, because I need to go back and watch it again. So I watched, like, two episodes <laughs> the first night with my roommate. It was his favorite show of all time at the time. And I then binged the next 62 episodes in three days. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> While also being a full-time college student and working. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> if I was breathing... And not eating, I was watching FMAB. Yeah. Um, also, I just came up with a really fucked up joke that I think is really funny and I'm going to use as a dad joke on TikTok All right. at some point. If uh, sh um, Tucker ended or entered Nina in the Westminster dog competition, would she be best in Chow? cannot see the reaction on my face to that joke, but just know that it is one of displeasure. <laughs> I approve. Mother. Yeah, you absolutely have to put that online. God damn it. Oh, the world's gonna see that. <laughs> yep. Dark humor is the best humor. Dark oh, absolutely. Humor. Yeah, but like, it just, it just did, that show just did things 
that I just wasn't expecting out of anime. Because again, like, up to that point, I was just like, oh, anime's all about, like, really cool fights and, you know, like, magic powers and, and, but, titties. and anime titties and all this shit. I'm fucking... And, and pain! Yeah, I'm 14 years old. I don't give a shit about, like, you know, tackling real-world issues like racism, genocide, and the mortality of the soul or anything like and that. Militarism. For yeah. Children. Yeah, and then fuck like, it. And then my brother's just that. like, here, have this show. And I'm like, cool, another anime? Why does it hurt? Emotional <laughs> Emotional damage. Like shit like it, it just it it completely changed. Like if if Fairy Tale is the series that got me into anime Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is the anime that changed my view on anime. And, and like, I've been a fucking, you know, I've been a weeb for close to ten years now, you know? Like, it's those two shows that have carried me this far into this bullshit. Into this, you know, kind of society, essentially. You know what's funny? We live in a society. We do live in a society. You know what's funny? That I actually just had a conversation with somebody recently talking about how... They stopped like doing stuff that he considered childish because of like he wanted to grow up and like I just got done talking about anime. I was like, you know, anime is not childish, man. Or like stuff like you did as a kid is not childish. Like you never want to lose your tiny dinosaur, quoting Step Brothers, you know? Yeah. Because like there's anime out there. Yes, there's children anime, but there's anime like Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood that tackle issues. Like, genocide, racism... Attack on Titan. Life. Like, shit like that. Like, you you want to talk about some fucked up shit? Try talking about two little kids that are trying to bring their mother back to life from using alchemy. And then realizing that, oh shit, we can't do that. We just created something horrific. And, <laughs> and my brother's they find dead. Even their mom. Yeah, like, the, the fucking, like... The questions of, like, how far does science have to go before it starts to become an immoral practice? Like, what is the value of a soul, essentially? Like, this, this, as far as I knew, fucking anime was just all about superpowers and big titties. I didn't, I wasn't trying to yeah, was look like... inside myself about the morality of my life. And it's, the writing is truly incredible for this show of all the different things it tackles. It was the way the show was made, too. Because of the fact that, obviously, the manga is fantastic. The way they use the blend of the serious animations of the... For a late 2000s anime, the animation is beautiful and holds up perfectly today. But also the influence of the cartoonish stuff they do with Ed and Al See, all the that time was, is so good. That was another moment I had. At the same time, they had great moments of comedy and one of the most believable romances in all of anime. Yeah, you actually see it grow. Also, just a really subtle thing that they do that I love is the way you actually see the characters age. Like, And yeah. Wither even says, like, when did he become taller than me? Bro. And, and if you start episode one to episode 64, you see Ed get older because he's a teenager. Yeah. It was just even more fucked. See, I binged it a very similar way that you binged it. Mm. And I don't know why it hit me so hard. But, you know, like in the first couple of scenes, Winry is obviously taller than Ed. And she's giving him shit about being like, oh, you know, you need to fucking drink milk. He's like, I don't want to drink milk. I'm, you know, like, I don't need milk to be tall or anything like that. And 
I didn't really realize it until somebody did a side-by-side, -side, like I saw a meme essentially that was like a side-by-side -side comparison of like an episode of Ed and Winry talking at the beginning of the show and towards the end of the show. And not only has the art, what like the art style kind of like, almost seems to have like matured or something like that, but I was so invested in the show that it didn't even hit me that towards that, like that, that kind of screen cap that they took from the latter episode... Ed's taller than Winry now. Mm -hmm. It's like he's a very looks, subtle thing. Yeah, he looks like a like his hair's getting longer. He looks like a man essentially, and he starts out like a boy, and you're just like, and how the fuck did you do that without me noticing? And that's one of the beautiful things about Full Max's Brotherhood is that it's not just a great show. It's not just a great voice cast. The production value mm. is so good, and there's also something else small that I absolutely. It's not even small. It's something that a lot of people know about. But, so, Colonel Mustang, played by Travis, Best Willing, Best played by Travis Willingham. Best Lust is played by Laura Bailey, who is his wife in real life. So he is just roasting her alive. So they are screaming at each other as he's burning her alive and being yes. like, I love you, honey! Yes. <laughs> also, the original in Full Metal Alchemist, the original Alphonse, is Aaron Dismuke when he is yep. a kid. He plays Slave 23 in the flashback to how um, the fir how father was made. Yeah. So they found a way. Tr they were trying to bring him back in because Vic was still able to play Ed because his voice is perfect. Yeah. But Aaron's voice got a little bit um, older, so he couldn't play Alphonse as well anymore. Yeah. So Aaron Dismuke then ended up playing Slave 23 so they could still have him as part of the cast. Okay. Yeah, so he plays him up until the fact that he's an adult, where is when John Sweezy takes over as Von Hohenheim. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. I remember, just just a small little thing I always thought, like, was funny. Since Crimson is not here, I mentioned that I am the, uh, I'm the resident Ruby apologist <laughs> here at the moment. There's always gotta be one. There's always gotta be one. And one thing that I found really funny is that, obviously, Vic, um you know, who plays Ed, he also used to play Uncle Crow mm -hmm. in Ruby. And Aaron uh, currently plays a character named Oscar. Yep. Now, Uncle Crow is about in his 40s or something like that in the show, and Oscar is like 13. Mm -hmm. And so the first time they run into each other, and I just think it's really funny, you just picture Vic, a.k.a. Ed, talking to Aaron, a.k.a. Alphonse, and saying the line... I think this place is a little too uh, a little too mature for you, Pipsqueak. <laughs> so, just something so satisfying about, you know, Mr. Who are you calling a Pipsqueak? <laughs> Being able to say that to the same voice. It, it just That's like, awesome. it was beautiful. Like, it's just a tiny little thing <coughs> that I thought was hilarious. Uh, there's another connection with Aaron Dismuke that I fucking went on a freaking rabbit hole and found and sent this to these guys. I can't remember what exactly the character is that he plays with Emily Nevis. But, so, Al, he's the original Alphonse. Yes. The new Alphonse is Maxie Whitehead, I believe. Okay. Her college roommate is Emily Nevis, who is the voice of Aerie in MHA. And there's another character that she voices that is the same character that Aaron also plays, like, at a different point in the show. And also, he plays Sun Eater, who was essential into the rescue of Aerie. 
Yeah. And he's also done shows with Maxie Whitehead. So he's done multiple shows with college roommates and at certain points has played the same character as each of them in different shows. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, because they're both Alphonse, and like I said, I can't remember exactly what the character he and Emily both play at different points as the character grows up. Yeah. But they play the same character, and I think that's just a really fucking cool thing, and I'm excited to talk with Aaron about it at Des Moines Con. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of my spiel, honestly. Like, it's just it just hits... Have, full... you, have you seen the deleted scenes? You mean like the the ones where the, they're kind of just going off script? The bloopers? Yeah, of course I've seen the Can bloopers. Can we watch that again? The blooper. Yeah, we'll watch that. We'll watch that after this. Oh if my you god, I fucking out. love that. Those so bloopers good. are beautiful. They're so good. Um, Those are, they're the best part of the show, really. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, Full Metal <laughs> Alchemist. Full Fuck Metal. Yeah! <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. If you haven't watched it the fuck is wrong with you if you haven't watched it you're wrong you, you're, you're just wrong you're just incorrect and you need to go back Wiki, and you're welcome did you was it like did you convince him to watch so, it so we as I like to say animated a deal that I wanted to get him to watch Full Malcolm's Brotherhood and Code Geass animated I love that I gotta write that down so <laughs> that's beautiful uh, that's been a joke for a year and a half that's beautiful I love that um, we made a deal that he would watch both of them and I would watch the first 114 episodes because there was 64 and 50 I'd watch the first 114 episodes of One Piece okay and we both ended up coming out of that winning that deal Oh yeah, that's a that's a. I see this as an absolute win. Yeah, because I tried to get him to watch Fmab for three years, and then I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna make him do it and do this deal because he wants me to watch One Piece. Yeah. And now I fucking love One Piece. He loves Fmab and Kogias, so it worked fuck out yeah. perfectly. Worked out perfectly. Yeah. Hell yeah. Zario, you go next. Frenchie, Frenchie's really out here, just like trying his best to stall. <laughs> So, the anime that has influenced me the most in my life would easily be Naruto. Uh, like, for one thing, it is the show that I have followed, like, my, at the very least, the entire time I was going through school. Uh, you know, I watched his entire journey from start to finish. And uh, it's one of those types of shows that every, pretty much every character has uh, their own type of lesson that they that they give us, uh, and throughout the whole story, and it just teaches you, you know, ultimately uh, how important it is to like be determined in whatever you're doing, uh, and how important it is to just. Uh, have something as simple as you know just having a friend that's by your side yeah you could almost say it's it's pretty important to to to, to believe believe it yeah to, to believe it yeah you have to believe it <laughs> yeah you gotta believe it apparently um, they just made that up yeah so that's not says, that's not in the right that's not yeah, the like, so, he's, so they just said Dr. Bio or some shit like that yeah and the sub doesn't mean anything Apparently. It's yeah, just words. It's just like a catchphrase. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean shit. So they just had to come up with their own thing, and it was just, believe it! Believe yeah. it! Yeah. <laughs> um, 
person to to be there for him. And because of that... What are you talking about? He's got the uh, greatest character in all of Naruto, the swing. What? I said he's got the greatest character in all of in the entire series, the swing. You know, that inanimate object that has more screen time than a decent amount of the characters in the actual show. So, there is a... <laughs> That's rom- true. There's That's a swing's important. There's a ramen shop yeah. in Orlando, Florida called Naroodle. One... Beautiful. It's amazing. It's the best ramen I've ever had. Okay. I got the I got the Ichiraku ramen because I'm like I gotta. It is so fucking good. But also they've got a little swing <laughs> that's just like attached on a bench, and it's amazing. I'll show you pictures of it because oh, I went yeah. to that and Super Saiyan when we were in uh, or Super Saiyan. Super oh my Saiyan. God. We were. I went to both of them when we were in Orlando for our honeymoon last year. That's fucking beautiful. I love that. Naruto so. I want to fucking go back just to go back to the ramen shop. <laughs> then fucking the, the only t- the only time we get ramen around here is that we a uh, couple of times we've met up at a uh, you know Hana. I live right next to Hana. Oh okay yeah. I, I go there all the fucking. We got a freaking gift card there for Christmas. Hana's pretty fucking good. Not gonna yeah. lie, but it's also like the be- It's it's probably some of the most authentic shit you're gonna get. In, in Des Moines, in, Iowa. Yeah, in where we live. <laughs> oh, so fucking In good. the middle of buttfuck nowhere. It's I, still very good. I love Hana Ramen so much. Also, fun story about that. So, every time I've ever gone, I've always had, you know, Asian employees. Yeah. The one time we went, we got a white guy. He didn't know shit. <laughs> we tried ordering a ramen He tried telling us they stopped making them. <laughs> We thought, oh, maybe he meant this flavor or something like that. He's like, no, they shut down production. It's like, ramen has been a thing since the 1800s. <laughs> so now it's an inside joke with me and Kat that every time we go to a store and uh, we see there's ramen in, like, that must be, we need to buy all those because those are going to be real expensive. I thought expensive. those were discontinued. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be real expensive when they run out of their uh, reserves. <laughs> oh, my God. And they had ramen sitting up on a shelf yeah. behind the bar. And we're like, funny. oh, those must be the special edition ones. Yeah, those are the uh, those are the counter ones that you can't actually take home. Oh my god, it was so yeah. fucking stupid. That's, That's hilarious. The speakeasy. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be careful with those ones. Don't want to get caught. We have like a prohibition of just ramen. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. I'd cry. But I can't agree with you, Zerio. Naruto is a very impactful show for fucking facts, dog. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, uh, like, uh, every character has got their own thing. Uh, and like I was saying, you know, Naruto, he starts out as, like, the lonely pariah, basically. And all he needed was just a single person to, to be there for him. And he picked, like, the uh, worst got- guy. Yeah, but Iruka Sensei was the one that was actually there for him. Oh no, like he and like he had so many supported like supporting cast friends, but he really focused on like the worst, the worst of them. Well, the second worst one. Well, so yes, um, on the surface, it definitely does seem that way. Um, but uh, the show is like, in my opinion, incorrect when it, when they say. That Naruto and Sasuke are best friends, because really Shikamaru is Naruto's best friend. But uh, it's forgivable because um, Sasuke needs that to be true. 
Um, it, it, because that's what Naruto was shown, is that all you need is just one fucking best friend, one person who will be by your side, even if he, you know, nearly dies in the process. That's what Iruka did for Naruto, and nobody uh, would have done that for Sasuke. The entire world turned their back on him. So Naruto needed to be that person uh, because that's what he was taught. That makes sense. And, uh, yeah. And that was always the kind of person that I wanted to be, is, like, the kind of guy that, you know, he you are someone's friend and you'll do do anything for that person and sometimes you know all that somebody might need is a friend because uh, everybody's going through different shit especially in naruto everybody has a tragic fucking backstory and that's always like a really recurring theme is like loneliness or grieving like loss of a loved one or several loved ones in some cases. Yeah. And, uh, and like, so, so many of those problems kind of get solved. Uh, I guess the power of friendship. Hey, man, there's... Sometimes power of friendship is just all you really need. Talk no jutsu. Yeah, yeah like, I, like yeah. I'll, always, I'll always say that, like, fairy tale probably uses the power of friendship little too fucking often but sometimes you 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 place the power of friendship in a good position it it shines it shines mm-hmm. it makes sense and i exactly. think i i absolutely agree uh that in naruto they do that pretty fucking well yeah and takno jutsu yeah. is so powerful that he uses it on himself and it works that's true that is true it's true it works yeah uh and even problems outside of Naruto himself, like you've got Rock Lee, who, in the terms of Best Boy, that show and how like the system of the villages works, he's functionally handicapped, and his goal is to show that not only can he be as good as everybody else, but he can outshine everybody else despite his handicap. And that's fucking amazing. And guy, and he's got Guy Sensei in his corner, just constantly being, you know, even when Lee uh, got his body shattered when he got sand coffined, and he's crying because he doesn't know if he'll make it through the surgery, so he's thinking he might as well just give up. And Guy Sensei is like, well, yeah, you should give up. Uh, if your dreams are just that easy to throw away, but nothing matters. Like none of the work that you put in matters. If you don't believe in yourself, like bottom line, that's, that's it. Yeah. Facts, dude. Oh, goosebumps. I I love, I love how you, um, kind of equate just in the world of Naruto, like Rock Lee and guy essentially being cripples. Um, because it's just a really funny thought of literally the most powerful ninja to ever exist gets absolutely bodied by essentially a handicapped person. Yeah. <laughs> Moderate gets yeah. his cheeks clapped by the ninja equivalent of a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> Basically. 
He was named the strongest. Damn fucking right. Oh my god, that's a po- great scene. Polo Tink Tink was named the strongest. Damn right. That's a Cat Williams reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know you two yeah. don't. Go ahead, What? I was going to say, you two don't remember it. I know that. We've talked about it. Greg, do you remember the mushroom episode when they are on the way to Thunder <laughs> Island to have Naruto train with Killer B? Yeah, I think think I do. Where they end up just eating all the fucking mushrooms and everyone thinks that they're dead because they're supposed to be dehydrated or fucking just elus- like hallucinating and end up dying because of it. Yeah. And they have all the f- nar- or, uh, fucking mushroom Rasengan! <laughs> mushroom Hurricane! You know, I, I actually, I vaguely remember oh that. I couldn't tell you like how it ended or anything like that, but I definitely remember Mushroom Rasengan. I was very, I was very late to the Naruto game. I started it after Boruto started coming out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I literally didn't start it until after I graduated from college in 2018. Okay. I love that show so much. I have a Kakashi tattoo on the back of my leg. Fuck yeah. And that, I hate the filler in the show. I gotta say that much, I hate the fucking filler. The filler is terrible for most of it. But, Definitely fair. I watched that episode and was in tears. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it is my favorite filler episode from any show ever. Sometimes you got to go through a little bit of suffering to find some find some true true anime gems. Mm. That is true. It was an amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Naruto's always uh, had a really special place in my heart. I'd say, yeah, I'd say that's very respectable. Very respectable yeah. show, indeed. Yeah, and that, that was a show um, where I was so happy that I got to, like, just... Because ever since I was a little kid, you know, I, I grew, literally grew up with that show. And then I watched him get married and have kids... His kids' lives uh, suck on screen, but we don't talk about it. It was beautiful when they were born. We don't talk about Boruto, no, no, no. (laughs) I shall not. Yeah. All right, Frenchie, you can't avoid it any longer. Okay, so everyone else did not use their favorite anime. Should I also not use my favorite? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is my favorite. It's, I thought Fairy Tail was my favorite. Whatever, it's a definite close. It's, it's, it's like, it's like a, it's like a favorite if Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood wasn't literally a perfect show. That's fair. <laughs> so okay, so I'm gonna give an honorable mention like what you did when you mentioned Fairy Tail, <laughs> and also he did with Gurren Lagann. Yu Yu Hakusho was the show that got me into anime when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I watched Dragon Ball Z, which I also considered as well because of the impact it had on me as a kid, but not so much as an adult. Yeah. Yu Yu Hakusho has maintained its place. I watched it again when I was in college. I watched it um, most of the way through when we did it on the show. And to me, it is also one that is a great show for anyone battling depression. Because of the first episode, where Yusuke, who is 
a ne'er-do-well kid, a troublesome kid, sacrifices his life unexpectedly to save a small child. I remember you. Uh, you t- we kind of talked about this, and the last yeah. time I was here, and I was just like, "Fuck, that's how it starts." Because I've never seen it. That's the. F- that's how the f- first episode starts: is him <laughs> sacrificing himself to save a kid. Later in that first episode, he sees his own funeral and sees that he has had a more profound impact on people than he ever thought he did. And there are people that truly care about him. That hit me when I watched it again when I was in college when I was incredibly depressed. And I thought about taking my life when I was 16. That show, you know, was a huge impact on me. I think it's an episode that anyone who has ever had suicidal thoughts or tendencies, anything like that, should watch that episode. You don't have to watch the entire show. Watch that episode because it'll help you understand that you have a bigger impact on the people around you and you matter to people around you. But that being said, it is not the show that has impacted me the most. Because... Now I'm curious. I'm very curious. You're going to hate my answer. It is Sword Art Online. God damn it, I knew it. I watched that show... During a time that I was the most depressed in my life. From the moment I finished the first arc in Aincrad, it has been my favorite anime for almost six years now. It is because of the fact of the trials that you see the main character go through time and time again. Consistently putting himself in harm's way to save other people. It has consistently inspired me. It was the first tattoo I planned of my leg sleeve. It has, and I know, there's so many people that hate it. I watched a TikTok today where they, guy was asking people at a con what the first, worst anime ever is. People kept saying SAO. You're wrong, it's fucking Sky Wizards Academy. that show is god awful. <laughs> Fuck you, Crimson, for making us watch that shit. Yeah, but well, luckily for them, they probably haven't even heard of it. Yeah, I can tell you this much. There are hundreds of shows that are worse an SAO. It's one I of the most recently. Yeah. It's one of the most hated anime. What was it? We'll talk about it later. This is the one we watched this week? Yes. Oh dude, what I liked it. I liked oh, it a lot actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna have some uh I'm gonna have some takes then. <laughs> um but I am I am of the vocal majority and I know I am of the vocal majority of people who do not like SAO. And I have got Plenty of opinions on why I don't like SAO. However, my my dislike for SAO will never overflow into discounting someone else's enjoyability of it. That's my I fairy might, tale, too. I might not understand why you like it so much, but the fact that you like it so much and the fact that, like you said, when you were, like, the most depressed, this is the one mm-hmm. that, like kept you here essentially i will never discount that and so you know what fuck yeah if that's how that goes for you that's a totally viable option and i actually had this conversation i was on another podcast a couple weeks ago and we were talking about our favorite heroes and i really narrowed it down to either talking about vasha stampede or kirito Mm -hmm. i chose kirito because in the same way that life is all life is sacred to vash Kirito is the exact same way, even for life that is not real. And it's shown in Alice's where he literally puts his life on the line again 
to save souls for fictional, non-true characters. Autumn, stop fucking with the fucking fish, dude. <laughs> but, I don't know how much of it you've seen. I've, the last thing I ever saw was, I got all the way up to Gun Gale. So Gun Gale. I finished Gun Gale. I love Gun Gale. I love Death Gun. I think he's an actually like scary villain. Because he's better than any of the other fuckers we saw in the first two seasons. Um, I, I love fucking Death Gun. He's awesome. But Alicization, the show takes a major turn. Where there's not plot holes. There's actually like true reason for how everything works. And there's actual risk again. Which is the reason some people don't like anything past Einkrad. Because the risk of death is no longer there. Yeah. Yeah. But, and one of the things that I love about SAO is it understands its problems and is also retconning them. Because of the creation of SAO Progressive, they are going back and fixing a lot of the problems that people had with Eincrad and giving us a new aspect of the story and giving us Asuna's perspective and her backstory of how she got trapped in the game and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we watched the first movie... And I was disappointed about it at first because I thought they were going to show more than they did. But the more I thought about it, the more I actually liked it because it introduced new characters. Showed the same story but different perspective. And I really enjoyed it. Plus it made Austin an important character again, which is another problem a lot of people have with it. Also, without the creation of SAO, I don't have my favorite Abridge series. With Sword Art Online Abridged. Oh my god, it's fucking phenomenal. It's so good. It's so absurdly good. I recently... um. I was watching a uh, uh, TikTok. And it was just like one of the. What, it was just like talking about one of the most brutal anime deaths of all time. Uh, it's when Kirito drops his sandwich and it despawns. And I can only think of the SAO bridge scene. It's like my sandwich. It was innocence. Uh, are you gonna be a? Shh. I must grieve. <laughs> it's so good. I will always say. I don't think the concept... I know, Okay, I know for a fact that the concept of Sword Art Online is not a bad concept. Because despite my issues with the show, the original show, in my opinion, Sword Art Online Abridged did it right. Yeah. And so that proves to me that the concept of SAO is a good concept. I just don't personally think that it, like, it was capitalized on in a, a way that... The idea oh, wait, is great. The execution is poor. Yes, And I will never disagree with that because I know SAO has a lot of problems. Yes. I will be the first to admit that <laughs> SAO has problems. Same. I, same with Fairytale. There are problems that bother me. Same with Fairytale. What In ALO, especially. Those last 11 episodes are terrible, but also is one of my favorite moments when they reconnect yeah. in the birdcage. Yeah. That's that part of the background cute. that's on my phone. It's adorable. That is very cute. Yeah. But SAO, for all its problems, as a whole, especially with how the third and fourth season went, where they changed so much about the world and Kirito's role in it, he is not a major part of season four until halfway through it. Okay. Yeah, they establish Alice as a great character. They reintroduce Asuna as a great character. Leafa actually gets a shining moment that's not about fucking her brother. Hell yeah! Hooray, not also, incest! after season... after my favorite points of the series. Yeah, after ALO, they just never address it again. 
They basically pretend like it didn't happen, which I'm totally okay with. I'm totally yeah. fine with that, too. I do yeah. like, in SA, since we're kind of talking about SAO Bridge, I do like how they're just not, like, they're just not bringing it up. Yeah. They're just not bringing it up at all. I'm just like, it It, it feels weird just because I know the context of the show. Mm. Like, I, I have forgotten a lot about, like, the original season, like, the Aincrad arc of Sword Art Online. So, getting through SAO Bridge was pretty easy because, like, I knew the general concepts, but I didn't remember a whole lot. In Alfheim, it's kind of hard to forget yeah. that Kirito's sister wants to fuck him in the original show. So, like, the fact that something witty is just making sure they don't do that at all, it's, like, it's kind of jarring, but not in a bad way. No, it's very well done. Yeah. And then she's a total fucking bitch. I love it. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I think it's really interesting how they're, like, I wonder if that's going to become something that they bring up, like, a, a really big plot point is the fact that, like, she doesn't like to admit that she likes girly things. Mm. And, like, she tries to repress that. And I think that's really, I, I'm interested to see where they go with that. And but. honestly, like, after GGO, you actually see, like, a really good relationship between Sugu and Kirito okay. as well develop. It's actually, and also, you get more of Sinon in season four. Is that the sniper girl? Yes. Okay. And I love Asuna, but Sinon is arguably best girl. Ooh. I, I, I don't even think that's much of an argument. <laughs> I I, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember much about these girls, but Sino's a very well written character and a fucking badass before she yeah. meets Kirito. Any uh any big SAO fans that are listening to this, um I don't know if you guys have like a comment section or an email thing, but uh I I I, I want to see some, I want to see some waifu fights about SAO. I think that'd be very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and like I will take Every bit of criticism for it as well. I even said in the podcast that I was on, I'm like, I know y'all are going to make fun of me for it. Yeah. I don't fucking care. Yeah. It has been my favorite show for almost a fourth of my life now. I adore so much about it, flaws and all, and it will take a truly special show to ever pass. If it says anything, I finished the first season and was Googling the next day of how I could find more. I thought SAO2, it had Sinon on the cover with yeah. a gun. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. I thought it was a completely different series. <laughs> it wasn't until like two days later that I figured it out. I watched the entire thing and I watched it subbed because I wanted more content. Yeah. And it was right after the movie had come out, uh, uh, Ordinal Scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was right after it had been in theaters, so I missed my chance to see it in theaters. I had to wait like six months for it to come out. And I bought it the day it came out. And on fucking Voodoo, it fucked up, and it had, like, the English cast and everything. No, it was fucking Japanese. So <laughs> I bought that one for $15, and I had to go buy the other one instead. And then I bought the hard copy at Anime Iowa. So if I log into my Voodoo, I've got three different versions of the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But, and on my birthday, I went to see um, SAO Progressive, Aria of a Starless Night. And if it comes out, like, same timing like it did this year, past year, I'll go see it on my birthday again this year. Well, there you go. Yeah. It, it's, like, honestly, like, the more I thought of it, like, it's a fucking easy choice. Like, I love Yu Yu Hakusho, but SAO has had more of an impact on me overall, especially in the last five years. Yeah. 
Plus, after all the fucking money I spent to meet Bryce Babenbrook. Is <laughs> that an impact on your wallet, too? <laughs> I got my Kirito Pop figure autographed, a SAO print, and my Attack on Titan print, and recorded a fucking TikTok with him, and did a photo op where I had my Kirito shirt on and two of my swords, and he asked if he could hold one of the swords. I'm like, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yes! Also, I bought Austin a sword over the weekend, too. Fuck yeah. So I could possibly do a couple's cosplay with my wife at some point. Double fuck yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so that's that's my tangent on it, and uh, yeah, SAO, my favorite. I don't fucking care what anyone thinks. Like I said, you won't hear any judgment from me on that on that front. Yeah, on that front, absolutely not. No, fuck you for enjoying something. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> hey man, yeah, I get it. Let people enjoy things. That's why we should talk Wiki and his love for Minetta. Fuck <laughs> hey, hey, Caitlin Glass. Also said she fucking loves Minetta. So there's another she person did, out there. She did, but she can be wrong too. I'm unfollowing her on TikTok. Congratulations, you are now two of how many anime fans? Hey, that enjoy she's Minetta. a voice of one of the sh- she's a voice of the show. So, just saying. I'm glad I found a fellow Minetta lover. <laughs> it's okay. We should talk Crimson for all his opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, like, trust me when I say I understand, like, the need to defend a show that you enjoy a lot. I am unabashedly a fan of both Fairy Tale and Ruby, alright? Like, trust me, I get what it's like to have to defend a hill you're not exactly sure sure is the greatest to be defending. I fucking roasted Crimson the other day, too. We were talking, and he's like, I was talking about One Piece or something, he's like, I shouldn't have to watch 50 episodes and for it to wait to be good. And I'm like, dude, I've watched six seasons of Ruby and I'm still waiting for it to get really good. <laughs> and of wah, One Piece, wah. you're watching 50 of a thousand. Yeah. So that's a very small portion. Yeah. That's 5%. Wah, wah. I've watched six of eight seasons of Ruby and I'm still waiting for it to get really good. Well, you got past the part where it's really good. Now you're just now we're kind of in a weird. I actually do really like Ruby. I just like shit talking his opinion because it's very funny. Yeah. Also, he told me that his anime he was going to pick was Your Name, which I think he told us that on Saturday when we were watching it. At the I still haven't seen it. Oh, we going to wreck him some point? Oh. <laughs> You're going to Des Moines Con, right? Probably, yeah. Nice. We're going to make you watch it afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> That's our thing. We always watch it before we go to a con. Uh, just to make yourself at... sad? Yeah. <laughs> cool. We've done it at five cons, I believe. Three Anime Iowa's, Anime Nebraska. Yeah, this was actually the sixth. Because Wiki and I did it for Animazing, and then for Planet last weekend. We watched it on Saturday night after Actually, just slight, like, meta thing. Um, Kai Fester and Weeb Dad are both gonna, like, we're all gonna be going together. So, we'll have to fucking meet up and say hi. Bad dude, I'm down. We'll wreck all of you. If they haven't seen it, we'll wreck it. I'm pretty sure they've seen it. I think I'm the only one that hasn't. I know I'm going to try and go Saturday, but I also have a fucking wedding on Saturday that day. Oh, who cares to. about weddings? Declarations of love, fuck that. We got anime to My watch. My family weddings are fucking lit, so... My family weddings are married. lit, too. Corey and Tori. Oh, nice. So, you know My family weddings on my dad's side are crazy, because they're all do. Italian. My so it's just bonkers. I, I know you don't know my family. My family's fucking crazy, bro. Yeah. Especially when it comes to partying and at weddings. Fuck yeah. My aunt's wedding, so we got a, my, if there was a massive fight at the end of it, it was crazy. <laughs> Alright, 
right. So yeah, that's that's my whole thing on SAO. I'm oh, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bet. So this week's anime assignment, y'all. It's coming from uh, Oath. I told her I was gonna do it a while ago. I just never got around to it, mainly because I forgot about it. But now I'm going to do it. Ancient Magus Bride. That's the show. I'm two episodes into it. It's really fucking good. From what I remember when I did watch it, it was kind of a slow burn. So I'm expecting it to be kind of like a slower paced show. But definitely go check it out. Uh, you can find it on Crunchyroll, obviously. And I think you can also watch it on Hulu. If I remember correctly. I've been watching it on Crunchyroll. But yeah, that's the anime assignment. on my list for quite some time. Well, now Same. you have to take it off. And to get into our last topic for the evening, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? Um, it's Frenchy. Yeah, I'm making my list or er, ratings for the show. Um, <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> so I came across um, World's Finest Assassin is reincarnated into another world as an aristocrat. Yes. Before the anime came out, I came across this news that it was going to be getting an anime adaptation and really thought it was going to be interesting. I love isekai anime. Two of my favorites. I just talked about SAO, but I also love Rising the Shield Hero. Get better soon, Billy. Just going to put that back out there. Um, yeah, agreed. But I didn't know much about the show coming in. I had read a couple things that... It had kind of a more refreshing take on the isekai tropes, which I did kind of enjoy. Like the fact that he was actually aware of the harem instead of, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why all these women like me. Where they have a harem, don't realize it, and never do anything with it. He straight up said that he didn't have feelings for two women and picked the one that he did have feelings for. Yeah. Even though it did follow the anime trope that, of course, they're fucking related. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how they sprinkle that in at the. At, I'm at like, the you end. didn't. Why? You guys are technically cousins. I'm like, why did you have to? God damn it! Why did you have to put that in there? Also, you could have just mentioned they were from the same house. You didn't have to straight up say, "Yeah, you guys are cousins." You did not need that line. Oh, now in and the now show. she's also playing the role of his little sister. Yeah. So now he's got two of those. Yeah, but. I don't know. Overall, I did really like the idea of, oh, you're not going to be the hero. You're there to kill the hero. Yeah, and, that was pretty cool. Right? I also really liked how, um, as the show went on, he's not the only one that's been easy-kind into this world. From that goddess who's just picking random fucking people the and sending them in. dumbest plans. <laughs> like, oh, see how this one's been 40 years or whatever. See how they're doing. Yeah. And they're all fucking... They're so fucking funny. They're all funny, though. That yeah. was the part that I loved. Yeah, yeah they're fucking... Those ones are funny. The part that I hated on the countdown, though, it's like, why didn't you wait till he was 15? Because you went 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 14. And I hated it. Yeah. That was just kind of an OCD thing, but... I get it. I was still mad about it. I get it. it. I, I want to hear some of these hot takes. You want to hear... That? Uh, Dario, why don't you, uh, why don't you bring your opinions real quick for it? Just like a general opinion. Because I'm understanding Frenchie kind of likes it. Wick, you kind of like it? Oh, you yeah. like it? Yeah. Zario, what are you, what are you feeling? So, ultimately, I think this show is, uh, pretty okay. Um, but, uh, I do agree it does have some interesting, uh, takes 
that bring it away from typical, you know, isekais, such as he's not the, the hero this time, he's trying to kill the hero, and, you know, there's a lot more people, and they're all, like, aware of sort of what's going on. Um, but also, other than the, uh, like, general plot of the show, I kind of felt that the, the show itself was a little unremarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mostly because uh, the whole time I was watching it, I was I just kept being reminded of two shows in particular, uh, Wise Man's Grandson and uh, Jobless Reincarnation, especially Jobless Reincarnation. Yep, same. They're like the exact same shows, but I uh, would have preferred to watch the other ones, mm. honestly. I definitely got a little uh, bit of Cautious Hero in there as well. What? I got a little bit of Cautious Hero too, just the way he's summoned by the goddess and stuff like that. But isn't Cautious Hero supposed to be yeah. funny? Cautious Hero is hilarious. I haven't seen it. Oh, so I need yeah, to watch it. it's, it's so fucking good. so fucking funny. Um, has that ever been an assignment on the show? Nope, because I mean, Cole I hasn't seen it. Watched it. Crimson hasn't seen it yet. Oh, he's the only one who hasn't? Okay, mm. it would just be for him then, I guess. <laughs> um... about the show that I really did enjoy um and yeah I, I am a sucker for an isekai with an overpowered main character and of course he is and I do really like the main character himself uh I think he's a super cool dude but yeah the show itself I mostly just kind of thought was unremarkable I also don't really like his harem like, at all. I will say that. Uh, I kind of like the purple-haired girl as a character, but she did uh, say the line, uh, I could be more than just your sister, I can be your lover too. And that's a lot of negative points in my book. <laughs> that's um, fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I realize it's that is, you know, no blood. It's all legal and technically it's like shady legalities because it's for crime but like still it's it's weird yeah um the one part that i did really like that made it a little bit different from a normal overpowered is that he had to pick the skills that made him overpowered instead of just being born a genius he had to know what he was gonna need and use his skills as an assassin to figure out how he you know these two skills are going to work together so I can train twice as hard and stuff like that. Yes. I did really enjoy that aspect of it. I, in yes, my notes, I did like that a lot. In my notes, because always, I'm always like writing notes during these like um, assignments. I'm always writing notes just to kind of remind myself why I have the ranking that I do. Um, so I'm writing down notes. And one of the notes that I put down in, I think, the uniqueness category was, I'm glad that the main character's bullshit powers are actually bullshit for a reason. Yeah. Like, he picks them specifically because they're bullshit. And also... Yeah. I'm really waiting... Well, I'm not waiting. The fact that the Chekhov's gun, that is whatever the hell that D skill was that he never mentioned, Mm -hmm. the fact that he still never mentioned it towards the end of the show, I felt was a definite misfire on that. Like, the fact that we still don't know what it is. Yeah. 
Uh, why not the fuck just tell us? Yeah. Because, like, that's the thing. Because he even says, just like, really? This, this is a D-skill? That's fucking ridiculous. Like, okay, yeah, I'll, yeah. T- I'll definitely take that. But and, he and, but they, the gods, like, foolish for overlooking it or something like that. Yeah, but they never mention what it is. Or at least yeah. not in the show, yeah. they, they never mention what it is. Um... Are you look? Are you looking it up right now to see what it? No, I was just seeing if they uh, had released information about a season two yet. I could not find anything though. Okay. I want to know what Crimson was referring to as it can get awkward at sometimes in the show. I don't know. Because there's uh, really nothing in the show that made me feel awkward. Um, like really, I was like, it has the typical stuff that happens in anime. Like, the only thing I can think of uh, that maybe I'm guessing what he was referring to is probably the talk about him coming in his bed. I thought that was hilarious. Bro! For... Yeah. I thought it was so funny. Facts, dude. Bro, yeah, oh, the funny. fact yeah, that, like, I literally, I, again, I have little notes that I make, and I, I didn't know where, I literally say, I don't know where to put this, but homie just nutted in his sleep. <laughs> it <was so> f- <laughs> um, it might have been the child sef- sex trafficking that he was uncomfortable at, but I'm like, that yeah, happens in, in so life. many fucking things. In real life, you know, it's a t- uh, technically yeah. real life issue. I well, I also thought he may have been referring to the dad checking out his son's body naked and telling him to do different poses. Mm. I was like, but he's not doing that in a sexual manner. No. He's just doing it to see like how his son's physically growing to train him better. And he also does it with Tart, and it's not in a sexual manner. Yeah. It's like, what's, like, what does he find weird? We'll have to ask him about it, I guess. I will. Like, he mentioned, like, oh, that's where it gets the redo of healer part. I'm like, probably the child sex trafficking yeah. on that, but... I don't know. I didn't... Overall, like uh, Zarya <laughs> said, it's not a truly remarkable show. It's an average uh, isekai. I don't think... I'm going to have to change my ratings because I think I overhyped it too much in my head. Hmm. Mainly because of one specific one. I was like, yeah, though, this show's the shit. When he did the basically the nuke. Oh, that uh, was fucking that was cool fucking shit. That was cool, yeah. And I'm thinking I'm letting that moment carry over the whole show. But you can't tell me that moment's not fucking lit. Dude. No, that was cool. No, it was yeah. the, moment, the moment he pulled like down a rod, I knew exactly what he was planning on doing. Dude, I had no idea. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Part of this show also reminds me a little bit of Dr. Stone with how he planned shit out. Uh-huh. I agree. I want to hear your hot takes, bro. You want to hear my hot takes? I want to hear your hot takes. It's not hot. Takes. You're getting whapped with the woo-woo stick. I think this show is actually garbage. <laughs> I think this shit is trash. It's awful. Okay. I should preface this by saying, I believe that I am the only man in this room who actively hates isekai anime. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I despise isekai anime. Do you hate Shield Hero? See, Shield Hero is about the only exception. Okay. Shield Hero is the only exception. I despise... Have you seen Overlord? Isekai anime. I've seen a little bit of Overlord. I haven't really gotten into it. It's also very I've good. heard it's very good. I've heard it's very good. And so I'm not, like, disparaging that because I haven't watched it. But, you know, you think of the Isekai anime that basically started the genre. We all know my opinions on SAO. Not great. I even remember watching, like, one of the shows that is, like, claimed to be like, Oh, this Isekai is a good Isekai. Um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. 
I hate that show too. <laughs> oh, Crimson's <laughs> gonna fucking punch you through the screen. Yeah, I bro. hate that show. I'm sorry. I don't like it at all. And walking into this show, it was like with you guys. I had no idea what I was getting into. I knew I the moment I saw reincarnated, I was like, oh fucking god, here we go. God damn this guy. But the original premise was very, very captivating. Like the fact, like, if, if you look at all my notes that I have, they go in, like, chronological order, essentially. Obviously, the first notes are the first ones that I put down. And a lot of the stuff that I have is positive. It's just, like, I think the concept is cool. That, like, oh, he's going in not to be the hero, but to kill the hero. So it makes sense that his powers are bullshit. It makes sense that he's, you know, like... He basically goes in there and is, like, designed to, like, just be ridiculous because it's his entire job. Because I, you know, like, it makes sense. That totally makes sense. Like, even some, like, Gary Stu elements, just with all that overpowered and perfectness, makes sense. Because it's what he's supposed to be for his mission. But not a single aspect that I found good stayed good. By the end of the show. For your guys' sake, I know that you guys rank voice acting. I am very, very, very particular because would, about my English be Yes, because, yeah, because I'd like to... I, I, I'd seek out good voice acting because that is something that I would like to do at some point. To me, this was average. Yeah. Three-fourths of the way through the show, I said, fuck it. And I switched to the Japanese because I could not take the English voice acting any longer. Damn, son. Um, the main character, the dad, the mom, the um, Dia, like the the girl he ends up like the magic girl, the like kind of servant girl. I thought they were passable. All right, they had very awkward moments. Where the dialogue, I mean, shit, I, like I said, very much would like to do this at some point in my life. So I try to get very particular about it. Um, like, first thing, seems decent, but nothing spectacular. Older main guy seems to be the best voice actor in the beginning. Which is ironic, because he only shows up in the one episode and his voice is never brought up again. And then, second note... Voice acting seems kind of stunted and a little unnatural. Individual lines of dialogues don't seem to flow very well at times. At most, it's passable. And then third one. Maha's delivery feels really flat. And then the fourth one, three quarters of the way, I couldn't take it and switch to the Japanese. I was already teetering on wanting to watch this show dubbed because of how much the just consistent poorly red lines were getting to me and then maha showed up and i hated it <laughs> i hated it with a burning passion i'm like i want this i want this child to stop talking i want her to stop talking kill it Kill it with fire! Like, the part where she's, like, holding the sickle to her face, and she's like, maybe if I do this, then I, like, they won't want to, you know, use me and stuff like that. I'm literally sitting here, and out loud I go, go for the throat, then I won't have to hear you speak. <laughs> there, was less, there was no emotion behind <laughs> there it. There was nothing. And, like, but that's the thing, like, 
there have been coup de ray character like you know character like female characters that have no emotion you can still do that with good voice acting i've heard it done with good voice acting and this was not it this drove me insane it like it, i was like i don't want to say that i was so focused on the to on the terrible voice acting that it kind of made everything else feel kind of bad in comparison but i will not deny that the voice acting is the lowest score that i have here but everything else i just thought it seemed really cool and then fell so hard because like i even mentioned like with the the animation and the art style first episode mm, that shit was looking crispy like the 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 fluidity between like the cgi that they used for the planes versus the hand-drawn animation that they used for all the characters ah, beautiful fantastic and then we got about three quarters of the way through the show and every time I saw every time I saw a horse and buggy, I wanted to puke <laughs> because it was so painfully, obviously bad CGI. And like all the soldiers at the end that are all CGI oh, yeah. and all terribly That's stilted, true. I'm just like, oh my god, it's not getting any better; it's getting worse. Um, the plot, I felt like the plot. I felt like they could have put the entire premise of the plot in one season. Where the main character goes in, becomes super strong, he fights the hero, and he kills the hero. I feel like they could have done that all in one season. And as I was watching the show, I only felt as though they were dragging it along to try to get a second season. And lo and behold... The last thing you see is the setup for the next season, because where they actually introduce the actual hero. And I'm just like, it just, I just, there, there was that I, I liked the premise of it. I thought it was going to be really good. I wanted it to be really good. You don't know how badly I want an isekai show to be good because it's so fucking prevalent. Watch I, Rising of the Shield Hero. I, I am watching Rising of the Shield Hero, and Rising of the Shield Hero is fantastic. Like, I think it's great, but, like, there's so many isekais. There are so many different types of isekais. Really distracting me with that sexiness there, Wiki. God damn! Like, there's so many different types of isekais. There's so many, you know, like, there's just so many of them. And the fact that just I can't find a good one other than Rising of the Shield Hero, just sucks. Mm. Because I feel like I'm missing out on a huge portion of anime. But at the same time, if every isekai is like 90% of the isekais that I've seen, then I don't feel like I'm missing out on too much. There are definitely ones that kind of fit the same trope, but like Kasha's Hero is so fucking funny. Yeah. It's, a it's basically a parody There's another of one. isekais. Konosuba. That's a fantastic isekai because it knows what it is and it's just stupid about it. It like it's just comedy. It's just comedy and that's all it needs to be. But I just uh, it just really really hurt me because I wanted this to be good and it just it started off good 
it started off as a good premise, and I was very excited about it. You want to know the part of the show that really turned me off from the rest of it? Yeah. The the childlike sex slave arc, I guess you could call it. The the blonde yeah. the blonde short hair girl literally slashes up her face so that she doesn't get ordered anymore. And I'm like, holy shit. I even put in my notes, I'm like, okay, alright, this show's not afraid to get real. Okay, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. And then the fucking main character shows up. And all the girls tell the girl with, like, the fucked up face, look in the mirror, look in the mirror. And she looks in the mirror... And her face is fixed, and they never give an explanation why. Yeah. Or how. It is implied that the main character is the one that fixed her face. And it is also implied, just because, like, of what you've seen, that he probably did some sort of, like, magical surgery to do it. But they never explain it. Because they just expect you to know. Because the main character is supposed to be perfect. And I, that's the moment where I'm just like, I can't take this seriously anymore. Because I hate Gary Stews, like Mary Sue's or Gary Stews. It's the reason I dropped Slime. Because Rimuru is such a fucking Gary Stew that it like I'm just like, please, just somebody say something negative about him for five seconds, and they just can't do it. But you love Fairy Tale. And? That's all that Natsu seems to be. Is he just, oh, well, I've got, i got to protect my friends, so Natsu, now I'm stronger. Natsu seems to be that because of the power of friendship. There is not a moment in which every single person constantly is praising Natsu for how perfect he is. That's because he's a fucking idiot. He's he not perfect. He has flaws, alright? Rimuru does not have flaws. This main character does not have flaws. In Reincarnate as a Slime, Rimuru admits he can't win a fight... So he just tricks someone. And he does everyone, have, and everyone praises him for it, because oh, you're really so you're so it smart. Is it is a strategy, yeah. But like, it's the main character can do no wrong. Natsu fucks up a lot in Fairy Tale. And don't get me like, don't get me wrong. Like, defending the power of friendship is hard because it is bullshit. All right, I won't deny that. But Natsu as a character is a flawed character. And he has his moment. Like every time I think like somebody starts shit talking fairy tale, I always want to mention the Tartarus arc because the Tartarus arc is when fairy tale loses, and oh my goodness, do they lose! It hurts your soul how bad how bad that shit goes. And you know, it's it also doesn't seem like fairy tale doesn't seem to take itself seriously. It never takes itself seriously until you get to like the Tartarus arc. And then, like, the war arc. And those take themselves seriously. And it hurts a lot. And characters fuck up. And characters die. And a lot of sad shit happens. This is a show that could have easily not taken itself seriously. Like Konosuba. Like what you guys are saying about Cautious Hero. And I felt like it could have been better for it. And it just wasn't. Like, I just... I wanted this show to be good. And it just... 
it, like the voice acting just got progressively worse. The animation versus the CGI just got progressively worse. The world building didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. You guys ever notice that all the farmers and everybody talk about all the amazing things that the main character does for them, but we never actually see him do any of these amazing things? Well, they we all... only got 12 episodes. Yeah, but also, we decided to spend however many episodes about him setting up a business to assassinate people that he didn't even necessarily need a business to do because he snipes the guy from like a, from like a thousand feet away. It's just... He had to get access to the land, though, to be able to get to sniping position and determine if the guy was going to be worth assassinating. That's one of the things he mentions multiple times is that he's no longer just a tool. He is making his own conscious decision of whether or not someone needs to die. I appreciate that. I don't, I don't think that is a bad thing in and of itself. Like, there are good elements of this show, like I've talked about. But there's just, it just never, it it started off really good, but it didn't really seem to stick the landing. Oh, no, I'm not going to disagree. I think this is a very, at best, an average show. Yeah, like, I, I just I just can't get past. I think it has potential, if it gets a second season, to right some wrongs on it. Yeah. And there were some moments I did really enjoy with this show. Yeah. Yeah, like, the fucking, like I said, the, I'm I'm totally about shows getting real, and the fucking the like the child slavery arc thing that shit was real, that shit like that shit happens that shit's legit and I think that they did a decent job representing that, but then the main character comes in and everything's fine, mm. and all the guys get arrested despite the fact that they've been doing this for however many years because one guy came in and said something about it. It's just like, I just... Mm. You're I, making some very good points. Yeah. And like, that's... like I don't, also don't want to invalidate your guy. It's like the same thing with you talking about SAO. I don't want to invalidate your feelings about how anyone feels about this show. It's just, for me personally... Nah, fam. It, this ain't it, Chief. This is, this is not the isekai... This is not the second shield hero, essentially. This is not the isekai that's going to put my faith back yeah. in the isekai. So we get into ratings. Alright. I feel like I've talked for way too long, so please somebody else start. <laughs> okay. I will share Crimson's as well. Okay. Since we'll need that for our overall rating. Um, personal enjoyment, 8. Animation, 7. Character development, 7. Soundtrack, 7. World building, 7. Plot, 7. I think he was very unoriginal with his ratings. Voice acting performance, 6. Art style, 7. Uniqueness, 5. Memorability, 6 for a 67. And then... Mikey, I'm starting to definitely agree with you about uh, expanding our meanings for the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went... I went... I went hard on this one. <laughs> so, was it, so, like, so we have 1 through 10 for every single category? Yes. I want to make an individual list for every single category, having 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, etc. up to 10, with a specific definition as to why this is kind of a 1 into 2, because like 10 being like God tier. So it's not just like scattered. That's why I always try to put little notes when I'm writing stuff. Yeah. So I at least have an explanation as to why I gave it the ranking that it did. But I, yeah, that, that would probably definitely expand on the ranking system um for my own personal ones for personal enjoyment i gave it an eight 
I actually really enjoyed the show, actually. But I also do like Isekai, so it's a personal thing there. Uh, animation, I gave a 6. I think you hit it on the head that it gets worse as it goes on. Character development, 6. I think you only see character development from the main character. And it's just basically him being able to feel emotions. Uh, but I do think he does change from point A to point B a considerable amount in terms of his growth. Um, soundtrack, I fucking loved the open. The opening for, slaps. And I do really like the background music they use. I don't really care about the clothes. I thought the clothes was kind of meh. It was very average uh, to it, me. It's an average clothes. But I gave uh, soundtrack a 7. I gave world building an 8. I thought they actually did a great job explaining how the kingdoms interact with each other. And um, just kind of developing, showing how the businesses work in different areas around the kingdom. And stuff like that. And how the family interacts with the different members of the kingdom and the different nobles. Um, plot itself, I thought it was great. I think the plot is nice. I think the execution is poor. Um, VA performance gave a six, not great. Um, there were moments that I did really enjoy, but other ones that were very meh. Um, art style, I did really like the character designs because every single character had a unique thing about them, which I kind of enjoyed. Uh, Uniqueness, I gave a five. Zerio said it perfectly. It's a mixture of every other isekai. And it's got a lot of jobless reincarnation aspects to it. Mixed with Cautious Hero and um, several others. And memorability and recommendability, I gave a six. If someone likes isekai, I'll recommend it to them. I think it's got enough good things for people that like that genre to watch. But if you don't like that genre, I'm not going to recommend it to you because you're not going to enjoy it. Overall, I gave it a 68. Alright, plus 68. Alright, hello, it's me, Wiggy. I got my ratings for Assassin's Show. <laughs> that, you Assassin show. that you do. That you do. Personal enjoyment, 8. Animation, 8. I know 3D animations is shit, but like when they animated the th like shit like the nuke, that oh, was tight. That was sick. That was so nice. like some of the moments they like went overboard, in which I'm pumping it up for that. Uh, character development, 6. Soundtrack, 7. World building, 6. Plot, 8. Voice acting performance. Oh, shit, my phone went dark. 6. Art style, 7. Uniqueness, 8. Yeah, 8. And memorability, I gave it an 8. So, a total of 72 out of 100. I don't want to explain why. I can tell you guys off. I'm just trying to get this done and over with because I'm tired. <laughs> alright, alright. Fair enough. Alright, Zerio. Uh, uh, so my personal enjoyment, I gave a six. Uh, there were parts where I was really invested and I kind of faded in and out, you know, around there. Uh, animation, I gave a six. Uh, there are parts that are really good, such as that nuke, but then there are also parts that are really bad. And then, you know, the rest is average, so I guess it kind of evens out to a six. Uh, character development was six. I don't really think much changed with most people. Maybe the main character, but uh, soundtrack I gave a seven. Uh, it was, uh, you know, pretty well fitting into the show. And I agree that opening slaps. Uh, world building was seven. Slaps cock. Uh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I gave an 8. 
Uh, voice acting, I gave a six. Uh, art style, I gave an eight. I liked it a lot. Uniqueness, I gave a five. Like I said, it was, you know, there, there are other ones. Uh, just like it. And for memorability, I gave it a three. I'm probably not going to think about this show very much because there are other shows that I like way more that are just so incredibly similar. And if I were going to recommend uh, a show like that, it would definitely be that. Like, I would definitely tell somebody to watch Wise Man's Grandson or Jobless Reincarnation, but, like, I probably won't even think about this. I will say the one thing I did like is this one did not get molesty, like Jobless Reincarnation kind of did. Oh, does it? I haven't seen it. Yes. <laughs> yes, that, that's true. That's another really bad isekai trope. If anything, they're molesting yeah. If anything, anime, they're trying to molest him. That's just an anime trope in general, not just isekai. Yeah. Super true. Just like weird molesty kind of like pedo stuff too. This is a weird anime tropes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What was your total? Yep. Uh, if my math is right, sixty-four. Well, I am definitely going to be the outlier. <laughs> and not in a good way. Alright. Animation. I gave it a 5. I, uh, last thing I put is a, it's, a sh it's a shame to see how much the poor CGI has taken place of drawn art. The first episode was really, really cool. The explosion at the end was really, really cool. Everything else just kind of felt lackluster, and that and that poorly put in CGI was really tearing it down for me. Character development, I give this shit a three. I don't think the main character developed at all. I think all of the uh, all the side characters were very much kind of one note and had their own, not necessarily tropes, but just very simple um, gimmicks. And I put down here, I can't get past the fact that this is that this is basically just a much older man in a 14-year-old body making any romance or sexual tension feel plain creepy. Because they kind of tried to focus on the romance between um, the main character and the magic girl. And first of all, it felt like that came out of fucking nowhere. And he's like, oh yeah, I visit you every day for a month. and But they like, they bring that up once... And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, I'm in love with her, and I'm gonna marry her. And I'm like, fucking what? Okay, I guess. Um, soundtrack, I gave a five. I was, honestly, that's probably my own shortcoming, because I was so angry at everything else I was seeing, I wasn't playing it. I, went, I wasn't paying attention to the background soundtrack, but that intro do slap, though. That intro's pretty fucking good, I cannot deny that. Um... World building, I gave a 7. Uh, because I feel like they had some cool stuff going on, but I just feel like it wasn't... It, it almost felt like it was both... Ex wasn't expanded... Certain elements weren't expanded on enough, and yet at the same time, certain elements were over-expanded on. I couldn't give less of a fuck about the merchant system in, in that town... But also, I was interested to find out about the organization that the old, like the old main character, kept talking about, and they never brought it up again because they never bring him up again. Um, and also, just a little, uh, little element. Uh, we go from freeing child prostitutes to having the goddess having a rap battle with a dead MC to try and kill the hero. 
What the yeah, fuck dude. is going on? <laughs> what more can you ask for? Yeah. Um, plot, I gave a five. It's basically, the show has a cool high concept. It seems to lose its way fairly early on and can't get back to the main story quick enough. The entire main plot of the story could have easily been made a 12-episode series, but they fluff it up for no reason to increase the runtime and try to get a second season. And that was before I saw the last episode, and I was very much validated in that opinion. <laughs> Towards the end. Yeah, that's that's super fair. Voice acting, that shit got a three. I, I've, gotten, I've gotten well into that point. Fuck this voice acting. God, I hate Maha in particular. Everyone else was... <laughs> Everyone else was like, <laughs> everyone else was like, poorly done, passable at most. Um, art style, I gave a six. the The mix of the hand drawn and CGI was pretty good. So was pretty good in the beginning, and then it just really fell off, and I just it just did not get much better from there. Uniqueness, I gave a five. I kind of put that in with the plot. I think it's interesting that the main character of the show is not the hero, but trying to kill the hero. But, again, they fluff it up so much to try to get a second season that it doesn't really feel like he does much of anything in that goal. And it just kind of becomes another isekai. Which is what I have for the memorability, which I have as a four. I hope to forget this. I hope I forget this show... As soon as possible. I'm gonna assign season two just to piss you off. <laughs> and personal enjoyment, since I'm weird and I always do personal enjoyment last, I put it as a four. I re and I put, I really thought this could be something awesome and fresh in the beginning, but it fell back on every single old isekai trope in the book, and it just didn't do it for me. For a grand total of 47. Damn, son, get it, bro. Like I said, I went hard, and I went hard, and I was gonna be the outlier in hey, this one. He's a Simon Cowell. Yeah, that's okay. Group, okay? <laughs> that's who you are. You, are you say that, but in the last in fucking Plastic Memories, I think I had the highest ranking of eighty-five. I'm pretty sure I did. Don't worry, I'll make sure to hurt you next time. Oh yeah, exactly. This see, that was what I was most surprised about watching this. I'm like, this is this. This show hasn't made me cry yet. This couldn't have possibly been. I literally left it up to them again. Um, I, I do oh, want to yeah. say, uh, I do want to bring up one thing. Um, uh, the thing about him being like a, an old man in a fourteen-year-old's body—that's like kind of true, but he does have to get born again and goes through the infantile process and the puberty process. Like he is in a way, like, a different person just with the memories of another person. Yeah. But, like, that person makes him, like, the person that he is. It's not like he has a separate personality from, like, the memories that he already has because it's just, it's just him. You know, he talks about, right. like, oh, like, you know, oh, I'm gonna make sure I never, you know, overly trust anybody again. Like, the whole thing of him being, like, I'm not gonna be a tool anymore. You know, right. like that comes from his old memories. And also, like, I always think back to when he just, he just straight up, like, brainwashed and manipulated poor Tart into, like, being yep. his servant. And he straight up is just saying, just as planned. I'm like, ah, yes, the things that every 10-year-old would do. <laughs> Brainwash yeah. and uh. manipulate a poor child. 
And so, like, I totally get what you're saying. Biologically, he is a 14-year-old boy, and I think that they tried to, like... What happens when you're 14? You get random boners all the time. It is what it is. Well, that's the thing. I think that they tried to, like, make something with that for him, like, nutting his pants, basically. Like, they tried to be like, yeah, he's a 14-year-old boy. He fucking gets random boners and shit. That's really weird, but it's just, like, in in my mind, I can't see him pass. He's basically just, like, a old man gundaming a, uh... Gundaming a 14-year-old boy, and it just wasn't that good. And I'm going to shut up now because I've roasted this way too much. <laughs> That's fair. Um, uh, I, I might have felt the same, if again, if I didn't watch Jobless Reincarnation first. Because that one, you know, starts out very similar. He gets, like, reborn, so he has to go through the entire, you know, growing up process. But that one goes, like actually really in depth with him growing up like having to relearn how to read and comprehend and all that stuff he actually has to relearn the language their native language so he can understand his parents okay yeah and he has to like completely relearn how to you know be a be a person interesting so i i assume it probably worked about the same for this one and that makes it a little better in my head Okay. Because, because yeah. it really does. Uh, when that happens, it, it does give more of the feeling that you know. What, uh, although the personality is there and the memories are there, uh, it is like a new person. It gives that feeling anyway. True. True. Well, all right, yeah. homies. My fellow shirtless men. <laughs> I'm yep. tired. I want to sleep. My sister's probably pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) So the anime assignment, it's Ancient Magnus Bride. Uh, Go watch it. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Weekly Weaves podcast. We'll be back next week with more exciting anime talk. Make sure to join us every show to stay up to date with what's going on in the world of anime. We'll catch you next time.